Good morning, Golden Corner Church. It's good to see you. I thank you for being here. This morning we're going to continue our series entitled Making Us Husband and Wife. And the purpose of this series is to help us build a successful marriage. To do that, the first thing we got to know is what a successful marriage looks like. So last week we took our Bible and we found a beautiful description of what marriage should be. And so I want us to go back to the passage of Scripture that we read. It's in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse number 21. And I think those verses will be on the screen so that we can read together in just a minute. And I remind you, the words were written by the Apostle Paul. And he was writing under the direction of the Holy Spirit to a church. A church, I guess, a lot like Golden Corner Church. And he is telling these people how they should live in light of all that God had done for them. And he says in verse number 21, And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Which means very simply, put others first. Put others first because you know that's the way Jesus wants you to live. So out of respect for him, put others first. And then he says to the wives, in verse number 22, he said, For wives in particular, here's what that means. This means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For for a husband is the head of his wife. And and there's a phrase we're going to come across here as we read. And I want you to pay attention to it. The, The husband is the head of his wife as Christ. Did you see that? As Christ is the head of the church. And then speaking of Jesus, he said he is the Savior of the body of the church. This phrase, as we begin verse 24... As the church, as the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Very simple, but accurate uh, interpretation. He says, wives, put your husbands first. Then he goes on, verse number 25, he said, for husbands, this means love your wives. Just, here's that little phrase again, ask Christ. Husbands, love, love you wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. And let's jump over to verse number 28 for time's sake. He says, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it. Just, you see it? Ask Christ. As Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. Verse 31. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. And then this was the key verse that we looked at last week. Verse 32. Paul said this, speaking of marriage, is a great mystery. What he means is, there's this profound truth about marriage that God has known all along. That he is only now beginning to reveal. And he said this is it. This is a great mystery. Or marriage is a great mystery. But marriage is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Did you see that? Marriage is an illustration of the way Christ and his church are one. So here's our definition of a successful marriage. A successful marriage illustrates the love relationship that exists between Jesus and his people. In this illustration, husbands get to play the role of Jesus. 
They're placed in a position of authority, and their primary responsibility is to love. They're to love their wives as Jesus loves his people unconditionally and self-sacrificially. Husbands are to put their wives first just as Jesus put the church first and gave up his life for it. In this illustration, wives get to play the role of the church. They're to be as devoted to their husbands as the church is to Jesus. They're to love their husbands in the same way Jesus wants his people to love him with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. As the church puts Jesus first, wives are to put their husbands first. When both husband and wife do this, God's purpose for marriage is then being fulfilled. Marriage is illustrating the love relationship that exists between Jesus and his people. Now that is a successful marriage. Now here's the big question. How do we get there? Husbands, I want to start with you. Is that good? Wives, is it okay if I start with the husbands? Okay, good. You know why I want to start with you? You're the head of the marriage. You're the leader. And as the leader, you should take the first step. You should take the initiative. What is it you need to do in order to fill your role in this marriage? And I'm going to share three steps with you that you got to take, not in necessarily in chronological order, but really simultaneously. you got to do them all three at the same time. And you can't do them once. These are three steps that you got to do over the course of your entire life. Three key words, three key steps. You ready? No grow, show. Did you get that? Husbands, how do you get to the point that you're really filling your role? No, grow, show. Now there's a test. What are those three steps, husbands? Okay, you passed. Wives, on to you next. Let's talk about those in just a moment, guys. What are you talking Running, when you say no, what are you talking about? Husbands, God has bestowed upon us an awesome privilege by allowing us to represent Jesus in the context of our marriage. But it's not only a privilege, it's a responsibility, a great responsibility. Our wives are supposed to see Jesus in the way we love them. They're supposed to see Jesus in the way we provide for them, care for them, even protect them. Sometimes when we speak, they're supposed to be hearing his voice, not ours. Our wives are supposed to see Jesus in our priorities and values. They're supposed to see Jesus in our unselfish, self-sacrificing actions. When others look at us, they should see Jesus in the way we treat our wives. That's our role in marriage. We're to represent Jesus. Now, guys, we're all clear on that, right? I got a couple of questions for you. How can we possibly represent somebody we don't know? I mean, if this is the first time you've been to church and you and I have never met and you're at a party tonight and somebody says, hey, you know, uh, 
Give us your best Ronnie uh, impersonation. You know, I don't know how well you could do it not knowing me. Now, Tim McCall could do it, and he could do it well. How can you and I represent somebody we don't know? i gotta, I got to ask you another question. How could we possibly represent somebody we don't know well? Truth is, if we don't know Jesus or we don't know him well, we're probably going to misrepresent Jesus. And I couldn't think of anything personally worse than that. If we're going to represent Jesus in our marriage, we've got to know him and know him well. Right, how do you do that, Ronnie? So I'm going to throw something on you here. Now, I didn't, I'm intentionally kind of keeping my notes lean because they're just a handful of things I want you to remember from these three sermons. But how do you get to know him? There are three C's. I'm going to cut the three steps. I call them the three C's. You want to know Jesus? This is where it starts. Step number one, or C number one, conversion. You've got to be saved. That's where it all begins. Salvation is actually an introduction to Jesus. You know, after salvation, you're acquainted with Jesus, and you've got the opportunity to know him personally, get to know him just as well as you want to know him. The second C is conversations. Once you've been converted, you've got to start having regular, meaningful conversations with Jesus. You've got to set aside time, and you've got to give him a chance to talk to you as you read the Bible, and you've got to take the opportunity to talk to him as you pray. And these honest, heartfelt conversations, you think about it, the people that you're the closest to, you know, these honest, heartfelt, meaningful conversations were a big part of you getting to know them well and you getting to know and them getting to know you. Listen, it's the same in your relationship with Jesus. There's got to be some communication taking place. And the third C is cooperation. You got to do what he tells you to do. When he gives you something to do and you do it, you are about to build a shared experience with Jesus. There again, somebody you are tight with. Think about how you got tight with them. You did some things together. You've got some shared experiences and memories together. And if we do, listen, conversion is a one-time experience, but these conversations and the cooperation need to be lifelong if we're going to get to know Jesus well. Now, you're still with me, guys. We're talking about marriage. We're talking about you filling your role in, the, in, in this marriage as, and representing Jesus. And if you're going to do that, you've got to know him, and you've got to know him well. Number two, grow. I am personally very intimidated at the thought of representing Jesus in my marriage because there's always the possibility that I'll misrepresent him. Getting to know him well is going to help, but there's something else I can do to make sure that Jesus is represented accurately in my marriage. I can let Jesus represent himself. Husbands, don't forget this. Jesus lives in us. And he'll gladly represent himself through us. As a matter of fact, I think that's the way he prefers it. Jesus wants to take over our minds, bodies, and voices and represent himself through us. There's a surefire way that you can show your wife the love of Jesus. Just let Jesus love your wife through you. Let him do it. On the first Sunday of this year, we talked about transformation. We learned that God wants to so radically change us that people no longer see us, but rather they see Jesus who lives in us. 
And this transformation is the byproduct of spiritual growth. Husbands, to fill our role in the divine illustration called marriage, we must be growing Christians. You hearing me? If we're going to do this, we've got to know Jesus and know Him well, but we've got to be growing Christians. To be a growing Christian, let me add a C. You've got conversion, you've got conversations, you've got cooperation. Can I add a C? Connections. To keep growing, you've got to keep going. And to keep going, you're going to need some friends. To grow spiritually, you've got to have some vital relationships with other growing Christians. Husbands, to really fill our role, we've got to know Jesus well. And we've got to grow and become like Him. What if we don't? I want to stop and think about this for a moment. What if you say, I, no, 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 I forget that. I, I need some, uh, give me some other advice. I don't know that I'm going to act on that. That doesn't really interest me. I don't think you're really hitting the heart of my problem. I think I'm going to bypass this relationship thing with Jesus and the spiritual growth. Here's what will happen. We'll find ourselves occupying a position of authority with no character and no compassion. Do you know what you call a person who possesses power but lacks character and compassion? You call them a tyrant. That's what you call them. Without character and compassion, leaders turn into self-centered, demanding dictators. And that's going to create real problems in the marriage. And I tell you what's worse, then you're misrepresenting Jesus. Husbands, we've got to know, and we've got to grow, and then we've got to show. I want to read you just a few more verses. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, this is actually just the first sentence of the verse. And Peter says, in the same way, husbands, what's the word after husbands there? What is that? Must. So we're not talking about something optional here, are we? We're talking about something absolutely essential. He said, husbands must give, must give honor to your wives. You know what the word honor means? It means value. He's saying, husbands, you've got to show your wife how valuable she is to you. You've got to show her how important she is. Not enough to just say it, though we should say it. Man, I get tired of men, you know, saying, oh, she knows. I don't have to say anything. Listen, the, you, listen not only have you got to say it, you've got to show it. Another verse. Ladies, am I doing okay? Thank you. Colossians 3.19, husbands love your wives and never treat them harshly. You still liking it? Amen. Good, good. Thank you, Pat. 1 Corinthians 7.33, but a married man, what is that word? What's the next two words? Has to. This is not optional. This is absolutely essential. But a married man has to think about his earthly possessions and how to please his wife. Got to do it. Husbands are to show, we're to show our wives how much we love and value them. And according to that last verse I read, we got to put some serious thought into it. As the leader of your home, how can you show your wife how much you value her? 
Never leave her out of major decisions. Never. Your wife is the absolute most important counselor and advisor that you can go to. She is the, she is the best source of wisdom that you could ever seek out. You never, ever leave her out of major decisions. As a matter of fact, you show her her value by always seeking her opinion and then really listening. You really listen. Even in the smallest of decisions, you always consider her first. You always ask the question, is this, if I do this, is this best for her? If the answer is no, you've got to move in another direction. Listen when she talks. Now, men, I know you. I know you. We have talked and you have confessed this to me and I'm betraying your confidence. Oftentimes, when your wife is talking, you ain't really listening. She begins to talk about her day and you're thinking... You're looking at her, but you're thinking, should I plant soybeans or corn in that food plot? Maybe a combination. And when she, listen, I'm saying, you've got to really listen when she talks. You want to show her how valuable she is. As the provider, consider your wife's needs and do everything in your power to meet those needs, even if it requires sacrifice on your part. Look for ways to please her. Put serious thought in how you're going to make her happy. To the best of your ability, do anything and everything you can to please her. Buy her jewelry. Get her a Belks card and tell her to go crazy. Sell that four-wheeler and take her on the vacation of her life. Oh, man, frowned up. I could see him bristle on that one. Now, some of you sitting here thinking, we're going to that Dave Ramsey course, and that's going counter to everything. Listen, you ain't married to Dave. I'm, 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 let me back. I'm joking on that. Here's the deal. Within your budget, you do everything you can. I'm going to tell you something you can do that would mean more to her than anything, and it doesn't cost you a nickel. Give her your time. Give her the best of your time. You don't give her the leftovers. Love her like Jesus. Love her unconditionally. Love her sacrificially. Love her extravagantly. Put her first in everything and never ever under any circumstances do you treat her harshly. That came straight out of the Bible, didn't it? Husbands, we cannot be passive about this. You can't just wait on birthdays and anniversaries and holidays. This has to be a way of life for us. We are called by God to do this. Ladies, was that good? Good. You're next. (laughs) In this divine illustration called marriage, you get to play the role of the church. To to fill your role, you got to be as devoted to your husband as the church is devoted to Jesus. Your husband should be able to say, the way my my wife loves me is the way I ought to be loving Jesus. 
So what do you need to do in order to fill your role in marriage? You're going to have to take three steps, not necessarily chronologically, but simultaneously and consistently over the course of your life. And here are the three steps. Know, grow, show. Does that sound familiar? Know, grow, show. Test. Ladies, if you got it, what you got to do? You say that so much more enthusiastically than the men did. Let's take a look at each step. No, wives, to, to feel your role in the marriage, you've got to know Jesus well. And I'm not going to go back over how to do that. Same for you as it, as it was for the men. But I must say this. And I am trying to limit my notes and just keep them streamlined. I, we're about to put a statement on the screen. It's one of those you've got to grab. If you don't take anything else out of this sermon, you take this statement. Building a personal relationship with Jesus is the first and most important step to building a successful marriage. That's it. The quality of your relationship with Jesus is to a great degree going to determine the quality of your relationship with your spouse. There's a whole lot more to building a a successful marriage. And and I got a whole bunch of stuff to share with you next week. But your relationship with Jesus is the foundation. And if you ignore the foundation, I don't care what kind of window trimmings you use and what kind of wood you choose to put down as your hardwood flooring and what color you paint the walls, if you ignore the foundation, it's of minimal value. Number two, grow. Oh, and wives, here's why it's so important you get to know Jesus well. As you get to know Jesus, something happens in you. Your respect for Jesus grows. Your faith in Jesus grows. Your love for Jesus grows. You see, the better you know him, the more you respect him. The better you know him, the more you trust him. And the better you know him, the more you'll love him. And as your, faith, as your respect for, faith in, and love for Jesus grows, you grow. You grow into a devoted follower of Christ. Out of respect for Jesus, you submit to his authority because you trust him, you're willing to follow him. Because you love him, you're willing to serve him. And once you become a devoted follower of Christ, what do you do? Third step is show. I want us to read three more verses. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. Paul says, so again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife, what's the next word? What's that word? This is not optional. This is essential. And said the wife must respect her husband. 1 Peter 3, 1, first sentence actually of this verse, says in the same way, you wives, what's that word? All right? You're not talking about an option. You're talking about an essential. You must accept the authority of your husbands. 1 Corinthians 7, 34, the verse that all these men have been waiting on me to read. You ready? This is the last sentence in that verse. But a married woman, what are those two words? Has to, not optional, absolutely essential. Uh, A married woman has to think about her earthly, earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. Can I get an amen, guys? God, good. Now they're getting enthusiastic. Yeah, thank you, brother. They're on fire now, bud. They'll memorize that one. Wives, as you get to know Jesus, 
and really well, you'll grow into a devoted follower of Christ. Did you know that's what Jesus wants for every member of his church, including your husband? And God wants to show him what that looks like through you. How? Look for ways to demonstrate devotion to your husband so that he sees in you the way he should be devoted to Jesus. Look for ways to show your husband respect. Acknowledge him as the head of your house, not just in word, but in your actions. Never undermine his authority. Don't belittle him with your words to his face or behind his back. When the two of you reach gridlock about some decision, defer to him, demonstrating your faith in him. When he makes a poor decision, and he will, don't rub it in his face. Encourage him to learn from it, grow from it, and move on. Be his greatest cheerleader, not his greatest critic. Affirm him. Put careful thought into how you can make him happy. Buy him guns. (laughs) Knives. And fishing rods. Right, brother? Let him go get that new truck. I know what you're thinking. This is the best sermon Ryan's ever preached. (laughs) Let him take that big golf vacation he's been wanting to take. Now, you don't understand. I'm kind of joking here, kind of. You got that, didn't you? (laughs) Within your means, look for ways to make him happy. Seek out ways. Think it through. How could I possibly bring pleasure to his life? Love him the way you love Jesus. With all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Put him first. Let me say it like this. Put Jesus first. And you put him right behind him. To build a successful marriage, both husbands and wives have to fill these roles. Now, if we do, here's the big deal. Jesus is glorified. People that look at us and look at our marriage, they see Jesus and how he loves his People and how his people love him. But here's the payoff for us. We'll find the happiness, security, and wholeness that come when two become one. On October 30th, 1976, my wife, Lynn, and I, we were married. Now, you can, you can total that up. You know, I mentioned it last week. October is 40 years. We married young. I was two. <laughs> that Lynn, you know, honestly, we did marry young. I was 18, and she was 15. I expected some gasps at that point. And I remember that people were very bold. They would tell me, they would tell her, your marriage will never last. You're just too young, and you were totally ill-prepared for this. 
And when they would, I remember this one lady in particular I worked with, just looking me in the face and telling me that. And, and I thought, man, well, I'm not going to tell you what I thought. I was an unsaved man at the time. So, uh, <laughs> but I resented her for that. Who are you to tell me that? Well, in hindsight, she had it dead on the money. She was right. I'd say within the first two years, the marriage was essentially over. Uh, I got the feeling Lynn really wanted to get rid of me. You've met unsafe people that were good people. They had morals, ethics, they were honest. Uh, I wasn't one of those. My world consisted of me. Totally. And after about two years, Lynn was absolutely sick of me. But 27 months into our marriage, something happened that nobody could foresee. Nobody. Tony, you knew me. Did you see this coming? No. I got saved. I got saved and decided I was going to live the rest of my life for Jesus. And shortly after that, Lynn got saved. And we started taking three steps that we still take today. Know, grow, show. And so 40 years later, we're still together. You ask Ronnie, would you describe your marriage as a successful marriage? We have become one. We are, she's my best friend, I'm her best friend, I get a free minute, I want her there, she gets free time, she wants me there. I need to talk to somebody, I want to talk to her, if she's got to talk to somebody, she wants to talk to me. I mean, we've become one. If I lose her. I'm half gone. And I just lost my better half. You say, yeah, but according to this illustration. That in you she sees this love of Jesus unconditional. And and when you look at her, you see the way the church is supposed to look. I can say this about her. She does this flawlessly. Flawlessly. She is the epitome of of the biblical wife in every sense of the word. When I look at her and I see the way she loves me, I go, boy, I wish I loved Jesus the way she loves me. She's got it going on. Now when I look at me, I see room for improvement. I ask her, how how am I doing? She's like, oh, you're doing great. You're doing great. She is perfect other than her lying. (laughs) To be quite frank with you, my time in the Bible over the past three weeks has been challenging to me.
Because I understand now the role I play, and I look in this book at Jesus. And I look in the mirror at me. I go, I got a long way to go. I got a long way to go with this. To catch up with her. You know what I sense? I don't mean to be condemning here. I think we have a lot of wives in this church. Who fit the role perfectly. But I got a feeling we got a lot of husbands who are kind of like me. And it's time to get on with it. It's time to know, grow, and that's it. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you take the things that we're learning in three, three short Sundays and you change us. I pray that you'll, you'll change us husbands for the sake of our wives. I pray that you'll change wives for the sake of their husbands, but I pray that you change us all for your sake. So that our marriages are a clear accurate illustration of the love relationship between your son and his people. People deserve to see Jesus and they need to see Jesus and they need to see this love fleshed out in earthly relationships and in particular the relationship between a husband and wife. I'm asking you God to do some incredible things I'm asking you to start in me. Thank you, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray this together. Amen. You come back next week. I got a lot of other advice for these husbands. Now, ladies, you get them here. You get it. I'm going to light into them next week. All right. And listen, don't forget, please go by the uh, student uh, ministry building, the Jay Walker's building, and check it out. Would you do that for me? Would you do that as a favor to me? I'd appreciate it. Thank you.